Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Todd, what's going on, man? Well, there we go. Time, man. It's been a while, hey? It's been a very long time, dude. How you been? Yeah, yeah been, you know, all things considered, pretty good, I guess. Yeah. yeah right? Pretty, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks uh, so much for having me on, dude. I really appreciate it. Well, yeah, no, thanks for coming on and, and joining us. Of course, you've done the radio side of things for me, but this is the first for the podcast. I'm into like eight, year eight, man, of the of this podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> hey, that you know what I say that all the time. That's just the way time goes. You know, well, yeah, I, I mean, especially for you guys, like you, you, you know, one bad sun formed in like what two thousand four. Yeah, so you're coming up on like the OBS <laughs> camp is must be stoked about twenty freaking years, man. Like, I know, it's surreal. It, it, is that a blink of an eye, or is that like holy fuck? We've been twenty years slagging it out. You know, it's funny, dude. Like, some of the stuff feels like blink of an eye you know what i mean like you think back and it feels something feels like yesterday but there are certain things that feel like holy shit that was a long time ago <laughs> yeah right yeah right yeah absolutely and, and talk about playing shows again man you guys just played a show just a few days back right uh yeah so friday wolf and the whale no uh it? whale and the wolf whale yeah. the wolf yeah yeah so it was our yeah it was our first one back in oh, two and a half years so it wow. man it felt good it felt real good like I've how good couple. is that, right? Because I mean, that ultimately, that's what you're. You're not. You're not making music just to make an album. You're making music to play for people, play for your fans, yeah. right? Yeah. No, that's that's the whole thing, man. I, I uh, actually I was talking to somebody about that on the weekend. I said, you know, without this, there's no point to the rest of it. Like I, this is the payoff to the whole thing. You know, yeah. is getting on stage and and playing rock for people. And yeah. I've done a couple. I did a couple of my own acoustic shows, uh, kind of like at the end of last year. Okay. Uh, a couple a couple this year so i kind of i dip my toe in it but it, nothing's the same as like the full rock band you know full thing no, no. So it was so, super so cool. dipping the toe in is that a matter like as a singer like is that just to kind of keep your chops up or yeah totally dude i mean i released a song like a solo tune um it's uh the theme song for this uh movie that's coming out it's like an indie kind of indie movie it's a right. little bit in development but i had recorded this song so I put it out uh, last October. It's a song called Shiver. Um, so I did a couple of tunes or a couple of shows for that. Uh, but yeah, it was like a way to just kind of, you know, make sure my voice is feeling right and just to kind of yeah. to, to reacclimate, you know? I mean, I've been sitting around drawing comic books for two years and <laughs> I haven't had my ass on stage. So <laughs> yeah, nice. I had to, had to reacquaint myself with uh, playing live again for sure. Yeah, and I and I saw the Tea Party had posted that they're playing a show with you. Is it like August, July? Uh, yeah, August second uh, and third. We got we got a show with them in Edmonton, and then one in Calgary. So yeah, yeah man, we're kind of we're coming right back with some some big stuff, and we have some other things that are unannounced. We're just they're still in the uh, the working one show in particular that's uh, I can't quite talk about yet, but it's going to be awesome. So. Right. <laughs> and, and and how crazy were your guys's worlds with covid and everything like talk about a couple of fucking crazy years man like how did that affect the band and you know of course there's been major changes within the band yeah. we'll talk about in a sec here but yeah honestly but, man it was uh you know personally i mean you know everything gets trumped by the fact that a lot of people died and suffered through the pandemic people i know personally right uh, passed away and, and you know so you you always when anything you're dealing with personally is like against that but do you know what i mean that's that's the the big part of it but for me personally and for the band it was 
a weird kind of like, you know, obviously, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, Hicks left the band and, and Kurt and I had to reset and rewire. But I think, man, we've been touring for, to that point, 17 straight years. And they aren't, they weren't small touring years either. Like we tour most of the year and it's go, go, go. So I think it was, uh, it was kind of a necessary reset. It was kind of nice for Kurt and I to say, hey, we can't do anything. So let's just not do anything. Like, let's actually take the time for mm. ourselves. You know, I'd never spent that much time with my wife. You know, her her and <laughs> like I met. Ever. <laughs> no, like her and I met and I was like, I'm going on the road in like two days. And um, so that part was great, like on a personal level to to like have a home life and just sort of reset and reassess. And of course, I launched a whole new career in that time as well. So we were very productive and then honestly now that things are picking up again it feels you just feel so fortunate you know it was good to put it down for a little bit and and then not that we weren't appreciating it before but when you're in the middle of that craziness you can almost be so consumed that you lose sight of how amazing it is to be playing in a rock band and singing and recording songs right so yeah um as difficult as it was, for sure, there were there were some positives that came out of it. And, you know, we feel better than ever. And writing new tunes, it just feels fresh again. And so I think it was a, a bit of a necessary reset for us, even though it was a, a forced reset. Right, right. And, and mentioning the ch-ch-ch-changes. There's music <laughs> in the band, man. So talk about uh, Ryan and is it Tara or Tara? Uh, so Tara, yeah. So Cooley, Ryan Cooley, has, uh, he played three shows with us at the end of, well, at the end of, actually, sorry, the beginning of 2020. So he played three shows with us okay. um, and uh, and then things shut down. So he's kind of, he's sort of been there for a while only, even though he's only done a few for us. Um, so he's solid uh, bass player, musician in general. He's honestly a great guitar player as well and a really good human being, which is always nice to have he's in the band. Key. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as far as Tara, there's been some changes. So we, you know, Hicks leaving the band was tough. I mean, he's Hicks, Kurt and I are, are the founding members. Like we, we started the band, we've been through all the stuff together, you know, so him, uh, going on to some other stuff was, it's tough in the, the, in a, in a lot of ways, of course, but like, we never wanted to like replace him, you know, where it's like, this is the new person. And like, it's, we just were like, we just want to kind of be organic with it and not, you know, what's the right way to put it? Like, not in this way, like where we're going to just like forget about him. Here's the new people. Like it's, we're just like, Hey, this is the new version of OBS, whatever that's going to be. You're going to get new songs. And so, um, yeah, Tara's been awesome. Like we wrote two really cool songs with her. Uh, she was planning to play these first shows with us, but she, uh, has, she got offered a very, cool gig and uh, uh an opportunity you don't say no to which i can't talk about but uh, she had a very last minute thing come up that we were like you you have to go do that like obviously you don't need her permission but like go yeah. get it yeah. um so we we're moving into this thing which we kind of were already doing with her which was like having some different guitar players lined up people that can play gigs and just professionals um and so it's kind of cool to have a little bit of a a, re a revolving door of like pros that can step in and play gigs. So we, we, uh, mm. our first show was with, uh, Reed Shimazawa, who's, uh, from Calgary plays in a bunch of different bands. He's awesome. Uh, we have a couple other guitar players lined up to 
basically when we take a show, we, we run down the list of who can do it and we, we go rock it, which is kind of cool to keep this fresh blood in the band all the time. And, and it really keeps things fresh. Um, you know, so that's kind of where we're at. And yeah, like writing with Tara was awesome. She ironically lives four minutes away from me. We didn't know where she lived. Oh. We thought she lived in like Toronto or something. And turns out she lives right down the street from me. So, uh, it's cool to just jump over and, and write some songs with her. So yeah, again, man, it adds to kind of this new freshness in the band with like, you know, new people and, you know, just a new feeling. And of course, coming out of COVID, there's just a feeling of rebirth in general. So yeah, everything yeah. that's been happening has been real good for us. So yeah, it must be cool to, you know, to go to another riff center. A hundred, dude, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And I, you know, I write a lot of riffs and stuff, but it's, and Hicks obviously wrote a lot of riffs and, you know, Kurt writes music and stuff as well, but it is cool to have different people that approach the guitar in a different way. And, yeah, yeah. you know, and even as far as having some different players come and play, like, it's cool to hear how she would play a song, how someone like Reed will play some of our old tunes. You know, it's, it's cool to see how they interpret things that we've been playing for, like you said, almost 20 years. Yeah. It's another great. thing that, yeah, it adds some kind of freshness where you're like, oh yeah, okay. Like that's a little different, but I dig it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm curious, Um, you know, let's go back to where well, you're not in bands and you're just growing up as a kid. Like what are your parents playing around the house? You know, it's funny, like my history with music is my mom is always big into, she loves like the Stones, she loves the Stones, she loved the Beatles and bands like that. So my mom's always been a rock and roller. My dad was, uh, he's very eclectic in his taste. I remember it was a lot of like, uh, you know, Paul Simon and uh, he liked, um, he's a big Enya fan. And wow, okay. uh, yeah, so I, I kind of got it from all sides. Um, uh, and then my, when I was a kid, like my brothers were just big rock guys. My oldest brother was big into metal. Right. And I grew up on the farm in the 90s, right? Like the 80s and 90s. So it's not like I had a large variety of music for me to choose from. So it was like I got hand-me-downs from my bros, whatever they were listening to. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I got into metal and stuff uh, kind of at an early age. And then to be honest for me, like I got a big education kind of through Kurt. Like he's a huge music guy. Um mm. And, and in my later teen years and into my 20s, like it was late discovering like, you know, Zeppelin and getting an appreciation for bands like the Beatles and because mm. you would you would hear it, but it wasn't what was being played. Like my friends weren't listening to that stuff. You know, wow. I had I had one friend in school that listened to like Metallica and ACDC with me and no one else was into it. So you weren't really discovering things, you know, so that all kind of happened to me. Yeah, more in my like 20s, I started to get a. a bigger appreciation for what was out there and okay okay you know because like per personally i was like a big i was always a big soundgarden aic guy like that was when that stuff hit oh yeah i was around 13 14 i was like okay this is the stuff you this know? is my music yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. and and what was the first concert that you went to first concert i went to was acdc ball breaker tour in wow. saskatoon yeah i was probably oh man maybe 13 or 14 and just like forget it I, it blew my mind you know like that's a great <laughs> first show to go to you know there's the bar yeah and i remember i i've told this story lots before and i i feel bad because it sounds like i'm shitting on them but i'm not but uh 
my girlfriend at the time had tickets to Bush uh, mm. or Bush X, as they were called in the day in Canada. Right. <laughs> right. But I, you know, I'm a rock kid and I just saw this crazy ACDC show. And, and again, coming from the farm where you're sort of like, we didn't see a lot of shows. There wasn't shows to go to. Right. So it was my first show. So as like a 13 year old, I'm like, that's what shows are. They're crazy. There's mm. shit. You know, like at the ball breaker tour, there was like the ball breaking through the stage and like the crazy, you know, and I mean, ang like the whole deal's nuts. Yeah. And of course, they're just like meticulous. They're like just oh. freaking ninjas with their with their instruments. 100%. And like yeah. Brian Johnson is screaming his ass off. I'm like, okay, so that's what the, <laughs> this is what shows are. This is what they all look like. Right. <laughs> and then we went and saw Bush and it's like totally not that. And of course years later you realize yeah of course like every band's got a different vibe but i just remember being a kid and being like oh this is garbage like well they're not moving around they're not no one's running no one's swinging off shit. like what is going on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> bush why are you so mellow yeah why are you so mellow like come on <laughs> that's awesome uh shane you mentioned you know for the COVID years you you know you, you dove into the uh the comic book world a little bit man like you posted something the other day and i was like what the what you're <laughs> you're an amazing artist dude it's crazy Thanks, man. right um, i appreciate it so so let's get into that world a little bit like who are some of the artists that you like really love and respect well you know it's cool man because my my art life and music life kind of go hand in hand with how things develop because once again as a kid on the farm like my mom would bring home comic books from like the local drugstore like whatever yeah, you know, we go in there with her and she'd buy spinny rack and all that. Yeah, all, all spinner rack stuff. So it's like you'd have like random Superman, Batman issues, some Star Wars stuff. Very like and so I didn't I didn't really know much about or get into the comic book game until I discovered my first comic shop. Uh when the death of Superman came out in like ninety one, uh my parents we went to the city and we found a comic store and they took me there and I was like, Okay, it's all now it's a whole different deal. So yeah, yeah. I got super into like the image stuff, like uh, Todd McFarlane and, um, you know, Rob like, yeah, 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 Liefeld and, uh, Liefeld, you yeah. know, yeah. And then Jim Lee. At, yeah, Jim Lee. So I, I dove into comics in this like 90s, like hyper detailed, like crazy, like everything's over the top, every, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my stuff back then. It was like, and honestly, I still love, especially McFarlane. I mean, just as a, human being that guy is he's living on a different level um it's so, really it's crazy like when he when he was introduced into the spider-man world yeah it was like a, 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 what was an issue like 298 or something like that i think so yeah somewhere around there like yeah. i just want it, it just took that character from like oh that's a really cool character to like holy shit is this a really freaking cool character like, oh, dude! Yeah, what, what is are it you, about are you, art? Uh, like, why is it why is it not just the story, but it's also the art that makes it so tangible? You know what I mean? Well, dude, first of all, are you a comic book guy? Are you like uh, are you an it. art guy? Love oh, dude, it. I yeah, love it. Man, I love it. <laughs> well, it's kind of nuts because it's like that era was pretty crazy, and when you were living through it as a kid, you didn't get the gravity of what was going on. Like when Nirvana came out, and like those bands really just obliterated hair metal and all this stuff you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. living through it you don't quite get the significance because i was just into whatever was coming out like i was listening to metallica soundgarden nirvana van halen 
you know what I mean? Like it all was the same for me. And then only years later, you realize like, you know, as you got older, like that, man, it was a seismic shift in music. And oh, it's some of the best music to ever come up ever, ever, you know? And of course it's all back now. Everybody's back into the nineties and, right. and comics were the same, or it was this like when McFarlane and Jim Lee and all those guys hit with Marvel and they just amped up the art to this crazy place. No one had ever seen before. Yeah, everybody just lost their minds like they never mm -hmm. seen art like that it was very so it was kind of it's kind of cool because like what was happening in comic books and music at the time was very similar at a very similar time like there was a very distinctive shift before like 1990 ish and mm -hmm. after you know and of course in comics it was tough because it, it caused the speculator boom and they were doing all these like uh uh like variant covers and stuff and actually like you know, comic books was nearly destroyed because of the popularity of that stuff. You know, I mean, Jim Lee's uh, X-Men 1 is still the, the highest selling book ever, like 6 million copies. Fast forward to like, you know, six years later, they can't sell 100,000 copies. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, so it was like, it was so big that it's like, it's kind of like a wave, you know, the wave hit, but eventually that wave's going to crash. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, when I look back on my, like my time, like when I came into this world, like I've lived through, like for my vocations, like music and comic books, like a, two of the such huge and maybe the last sort of seismic shifts in like comics and music. Yeah. Cause honestly, after, so true. The, after the quote unquote grunge movement, um, like that's the last time things really there was like uh it was this and now it's something else you know yeah. i mean it's evolved obviously but it, like you know ever since the digital revolution you've seen evolution you know things evolve but you don't have like holy shit this thing came along and just obliterated everything that came yeah, there's nothing that, that's been that impacting exactly yeah since absolutely that, since that scene yeah yeah, yeah absolutely interesting what's uh what's been your favorite superhero movie like Logan was fucking uh, deadly. That was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Deadpool's um, are really good. Like the, the see, I can I see where the, your head's at. I think we're we're of the same kind of era, so I can see where your head's at on oh, totally. comic like characters. You, you're saying like music and comics, like ding, ding. Those are like <laughs> you know, for me, it's like that drives my my life, man, for sure. Well, and they and they go hand in hand. I mean, like I yeah. I have so many friends that like just like you when they find out that I draw comics now, they're just like, holy shit, like they're. I'm I'm <laughs> becoming aware of all these like musicians and and like uh, songwriters that are just like massive like comic book nerds just like I am. So, so many people are super man. cool. Like, dude, like when you posted that picture, I thought that you were fucking around, saying that you <laughs> drawn it or drew it. Yeah, uh, and, and it I was somebody else, and it was just like a friend of yours or something. That, like when I texted you, I was like or messaged you, yeah. I was like, what the what <laughs> dude it's amazing like you're a killer artist dude well i appreciate it man i mean we can get into that like the, the the series that i'm drawing and stuff but uh but to answer your question about the movies you know i love those i mean yeah logan was awesome uh my the the game changer movie for me ever was batman 1989 like michael keaton that yeah. was like in in 89 it was like batman came out ninja turtles came out and uh indiana jones and the last crusade came out and it was like my world was just a whole yeah. different thing <laughs> yeah. 
but for modern movies like i just the batman was really good i uh, thought it was good too i i really liked it you know friends that were bagging on it pretty hard it's like what are you watching the same movie that i watched like the we're in so the era hard. man of we're, so we're in the era well but we're in the era of like absolute fanboy culture where it's like no matter what happens somebody has to shit on it they just have to and i mean it's batman now you've seen a million movies a million different interpretations and like I think there's something cool about all of them, to be honest. Like, I love the Christian Bale, like the the Christopher okay. Nolan series was awesome. Yeah, I thought Ben Affleck was great, though. I didn't love those movies. Like, I like parts of them, but I'm like, but I'm like also like that was your interpretation of that character. And in right. our lifetime, man, we're gonna see a million Batman movies. You're you're gonna see a million Spider-Man movies. There's gonna be, you know, I love. There's some of the Marvel movies I love, like the Thor movies have been odd. like Ragnarok was one of my favorites and then love and thunder looks awesome. So totally. I love uh, the humor they inject in that. Yeah. Cause they finally got it. It's like not every character can be dark and Thor's a bit of a ridiculous character. So it's like, just be out there with it. Like it's, yeah. and I think that's why Marvel's had such a huge impact is they've, they embraced the fact that like one movie can be more dark and serious. One movie can be a comedy and they can all live in one universe. And that's why they're so popular, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um brilliant on their part you know they've obviously they got staying okay. power <laughs> something going on up there in the marketing <laughs> department of uh of marvel for sure absolutely dude so talk about uh your series and like you know how hard it is to put something like that together and and kind of just i guess maybe like the back-end logistics of things you know for for fans like like me that maybe might not know what goes into putting in putting something like well, that so my so the comic book thing was pretty crazy for me, man. I, I've been drawing my whole life. Like I design a lot of the OBS merch and, and I've always kind of done that. And I wanted to be a comic artist when I was a kid. Like that was my thing. Dude, I wanted um, to, I wanted to own a comic book store. Like in high <laughs> hey, you school. still, like, that you was still what can. I wanted to do. If you want to throw away some money, you can still own a comic shop, you know? <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> you still can. Yeah. It's still, it's still there for you. Yeah. Um, but so I, it actually the timing of it was pretty crazy in uh so the 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 uh, uh the company that i work for is called mad cave studios they're out of uh florida uh, and they're they're an up-and-comer and they've actually kind of uh blown up in the last few years um not to toot my own horn but our our series was a massive hit nice so it's done really well for them um but they unlike any other company i don't know any company that does this they run a contest every year um, it's called the Mad Cave Talent Search. So it's for artists and writers. Mm. So you can submit work. And if you win, they every year it's a little bit different um, and you get to do work for them. So it's an opportunity for people that are not, you know, are looking for a break in the industry to, to be discovered, basically. Mm. So That's very cool. Yeah, man. And it was like uh, all credit to my wife, uh, my beautiful wife, Dana, who was on my ass about it because we were uh, we were getting married in like two weeks. It was at the uh, like th this this contest ended in September. That was the deadline. And we were like two weeks away from our wedding. And I was like, holy shit, like this. Uh, there's a, th you know, at, at the time I was like, if I'm going to do any comic book work, like I got to get on it. You know, I got I was like 39 at the time. I'm like, I got to start digging in and at least get you know, enter some of these things that I can find, whatever. Anyway, we're, we're two weeks out from the wedding and, you know, it's a pretty busy time and you're just a lot of planning and the stuff. And 
um, I was like, holy shit, there's this contest that they run. And, you know, it was like a five page submission, which for somebody who wasn't in the industry, like there's, it takes a long time to draw a comic book page, especially when you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, I don't know, like maybe, you know what, maybe I could, I, I just like work, a, you know, work on my shit more and, and do it next year. She's like, no, like no matter what's going on, like go do it, like take the time, do it, submit. And then, you know, so I, it was probably the right timing. I didn't have the time to like obsess over it too much. I was just like, come up with something, do the best you can throw it out there. Mm. And then we went and got married and, you know, lived happily ever after <laughs> and still are. But then I, I got a call like a month later that like, Hey, you won. Wow. And I, I not, you know, I'd been really about a year before that I'd really put time into like getting my art going. I'm like, okay, if you want to take this seriously, like let's start working. So I was working my ass off, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I don't know that I could tell you Todd that I was ready to draw comics at the time because I won the thing and they're like, okay, you're going to be drawing a five issue series um, <laughs> with a writer you've never met. And they're like, do you, are you okay drawing medieval stuff? I'm like, look, I don't really know how to draw anything. So it's all going to be tough. <laughs> so Love it. yeah. So they handed me the book and I, dude, I just like, figure my shit out. I just labored every page. I was working, you know, 20 hours a day to try to hit deadlines and, you know, trying and failing and succeeding and all the things, you know? So, um, anyway, that was the story of, of that first series was just a grind and, uh, you know, just trying to figure out how to do it, which is really the only way you can figure out how to draw comic books is on the job. You, you don't get, how hard it is like it is labor intensive to put out oh, one comic book page and yeah. so i'll just give you i could sit here and just like eat up like <laughs> hours of your time but basically you know how it goes like the workload um i was doing it all digitally for the first series just because i'm like i need help i need this to be as smooth as possible i need to be able to fix mistakes quickly yep. now i'm i'm kind of half and half i i lay out and do pencils and pencils digitally uh, and then I do all my inking, uh, just old school on 11 by 17 paper. Yep. So basically like I get a script, it looks like a movie script. It's like, you know, this person does this, they say that, uh, the writer on this one gives me, he actually gives me all the panel breakdowns. So it's like, it's five panels. Panel one is like the guy swings at the guy with a sword, you oh, know, nice. X, Y, Z. Yep. Good, good direction I, that way. Yes. But then I have to take that and interpret it onto the paper and you're like, okay, that, that took you two seconds to write. It's going to take me six hours to draw, you know? (laughs) And then, so I take it and, uh, do a layout. You know, I, I lay a page out, I send it off to my editor and to the writer and they are like, yeah, that let's, that looks great. Or they give me some feedback on, and then once they say you're good to go and then I, then I get to work and, uh, yeah, I, I get my paper. Uh, I know on the podcast, no one will be able to see any of this shit, but I'll just show you one. Well, they'll be able to see it on, on YouTube. Yes. So this is actually, this is a book that I'm doing right now. This isn't Nottingham, but, uh, so my pages look like this. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're like 11 by 17 sheets. So yeah. I do, do all my inks. Uh, then I scan that in, uh, into Photoshop and fix up any mistakes or anything that needs to be prettied up a little bit and then yeah. send it off. Wow. And that. The process I've I've refined it down to being able to do a full page a day, so wow. start 
yeah, start to finish. Um, well, it's like anything, right? I mean, the more you do it, the better and quicker you're going to get at it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I've, yeah. I've tried to trim my days down from twenty hours a day to like you know fifteen hours a day. <laughs> right, half-ass <laughs> manageable. And thankfully, your wife pushed you to do that, man. I am so indebted and grateful for her. Like she, you know, we're 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 an absolute team and yeah. have each other's back all the time. But she was just like, you got to do it. Like this is your. This yeah. is one of your dreams. So like, let's so time go. like the present. Hundred, Yeah. hundred percent. You can't get back time, you know, hundred percent. So, um, right, dude, let's, let's get outside of music, outside of comics, everything right. you're known for. Okay. What are you binge watching lately? What am I binge watching? Well, uh, the most recent thing that I watched, uh, was Top Gun Maverick. Actually, we went oh, and saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it was uh, amazing. Honestly, dude, it's like, it, it's probably the best movie i've seen in years like you know on the whole i mean it's an action movie it's it's what it is but it's kind of like i don't know it, it was like it, if you're a fan of that kind of stuff if you liked the first movie it was like it was everything you wanted it to be without just being like fan service mm -hmm. it was like tom cruise understood that like fans want to see what they want to see like it's top gun you know this is not the godfather like you're not you know it's like so it was just like the action was crazy and all the 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 crazy things they're doing in these jets was insane but the story was awesome and it was like your hero got to be a hero and there were all interesting characters and dynamics i'm like that was just a great movie like i yeah. felt for the first time in a while like i i loved the batman i thought it was like a half hour too long i'm like yeah. you know it was the first time and i'm not a honestly dude i'm not the kind of guy that's gonna just rip apart people's art you know and but it, this was the first movie I, in a while that I really was like, holy shit, it's over. Like, you know what I mean? Where it was like, it felt like mm. watching movies when I was a kid where you're just kind of engrossed. And then, so, so that was super cool. I yeah. really dug that. As Look, far as I don't, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen one bad review. No, it was just like, wow, that was great. You mm. know? Okay. And it, and kind of cool to see that as you well know, I mean, you're, you're in the entertainment world, dude, like people just shit on everything. Like I said, Boy. we're in like, it's fanboy time. So it's like, if star Wars puts something out, well, we don't like this character and we don't like that. And everybody has opinions on everything. So I think this movie at least showed that like, if the product is actually really good, people get on side, like no one's, you know, there was nothing really for people to complain about. It's like, it was just an awesome movie. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, like you said, but, if there was if there was something, people would be all over it. Oh, for sure, you know. And of course, I mean, it, sadly, we're in the world of like internet trolls and everything else. So it's you know, oh um, yeah, which it's just man going on Twitter is always just like you, you got to be ready for it and just be ready to <laughs> tune tune out ninety eight percent of it. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, no, it was great. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched like a ton of series lately, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'll admit we watched Bridgerton and I got super into that. I'm a history buff and I, I uh, um, so we, we got into Bridgerton and I was like, I was digging okay. on that. What's I can get name? into it. I can get into anything, dude. You yeah, know? pretty much the same for me. If you're a history buff, uh, you should check out a show called Taboo. It's oh, I've a, heard about that. It's about the it, 1800s. Is that the one with yeah. uh, Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy, yeah. So he, yeah. his dad bought the Nootka Sound, which okay. is the path, the travel route to China, right along the Americas. And it's a, it's about that. And, and each side, the, uh, the, uh, 
in East Indian Trade Company, East, I think it was East called. East India Trading Company, yeah. Trading Company, yeah. And then, uh, you know, the Americas, uh, the British uh, uh, part of it all, they all want yeah. that, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's him navigating through that. He's a bit off. Oh, cool. It's very cool. Yeah, it's very Dude, cool. I'm I'm a, just, I, I just wrapped I've, it up a couple days ago. Oh, no way. How many seasons? It's just one. So you only oh, have okay. seven, seven or eight shows. And it's, I mean, they're about an hour each show. Okay. Also, it was just like a limited series. I'll check really it out good. for sure, man. I really good, I would yeah. love that. Like one of my favorite series was uh, Deadwood. I love ah, that. It was yeah. awesome. So you know, I like Deadwood, but I thought there was too much swearing. I mean they they made a choice. They went right? at it from like, uh, you know which but, you yeah, wonder, but overall like yes. so good. And you wonder if if you I mean Deadwood was a it's a it's an absolute. It's an illegal frontier town that's just full of hooligans, right? So, I mean, would they talk like that? Maybe. I don't Like, who knows how crazy yeah, maybe. it would have been. That, you know? Yeah, maybe. It um, certainly wasn't enough for me to be like, I'm not watching this anymore. Obviously, I swear <laughs> like a sailor myself. But yeah, I just thought, you know, like, back then, did they have motherfucker? Like, well, were you know what? people that? The, the showrunner, I, f I forget his name. He's a super intelligent dude. And he, he said, he's like, no, they didn't use those swear words. But... He's like, if we use the swear words they would have used, like consarnet and things like that, he's like, it would sound ridiculous and it have right. no impact because we don't use so we don't that. Know. So he's like, he's like, we use modern swear words, which would give you more of an of an authentic feel because you get that that's super offensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. and that made some sense, you know. That's very. Other yeah. other than that, dude, I I like watched like The Mandalorian. I loved. I. Yeah. I Watched a few episodes Great of series. Have you gotten into the Obi Wan Kenobi yet? I haven't. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting. Watched, giving it a few, three or four, before I'm. You know, I'm going to start to really, truly binge it. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched the first three episodes, and it's like, you know, it's tough with Star Wars, man. Like, I'm, I'm such a like, uh, you know, the first three were my movies, and I wasn't a big fan of the prequels, and uh, the sequels were like, okay, like. I also realized, like, unlike the fanboys, I'm like, not every movie's made for me. And George Lucas actually said a really smart thing where he's like, every new Star Wars thing, everybody has it in their head already. So anything you make won't live up to their expectation because they've right. already made the movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If I have one complaint about Star Wars, I'll be honest. And it's probably why I really like The Mandalorian is like, I don't need all the explanation, I suppose. Like, I liked when you watch those first three movies, you, you wonder like, what are the clone wars? Like, who are these, what happened to Darth Vader? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and it's cool left to your imagination. Sure. But once it's like, you're trying to fill in every blank and give every bit of backstory. I mean, that's why part of why solo failed is because it's like, I don't, I don't really need to have all this explained to me. Like, give me some new characters. Like let's have some new mythology. I think that's why people like the Mandalorian, you know, they, they, put in like the Luke Skywalker stuff and they give you a bit of fan service, which is fun, but it's like a new character, some new lore, some right. new stuff. And I think if anything with Kenobi, I'm like, there's great parts in it, but I'm like, I kind of don't really need to know about this. Like it's the, <laughs> okay. you know, also like I know what happens to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like I right. don't, you, you can't, I, I'm not worried he's going to die in this series. I'm not worried that True. Vader's going to get defeated. So you're, and that was the problem with Solo too. I think you're like, I, I, I know this character's story. So there's no, what's the danger here? Yeah. That I'm, you know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's my, that's my super nerd uh, philosophy back, on it. <laughs> back, back to back to comics and stuff. I, I, I meant to ask you this: which superpower would you want to have? 
you know, man, going back to being a kid, like, we'll keep it selfish. If I, if I was like in my real adult human self, if it was like, if this was a real choice, I would probably base it on like, how could I help people? But let's keep it selfish. My selfish yeah. superpower would be flight. Like, come on, like just to be able to like get up and fly around. Yeah. yeah. That's what I wanted when I was a kid. I wanted to be Superman just because he could just fly around. Bulletproof. Or, you know, yeah, I mean, if I was to have like a whole array, if I was to have one superhero's powers, it'd be Superman because yeah. I could still be Batman, but I'd be bulletproof. So, right. I, I always <laughs> pick Nightcrawler. I, I, you know, teleportation would be so freaking cool, man. Wouldn't you be, wouldn't you be worried about teleporting into a wall though? Or well, no, that's stuck? the thing. You'd, you'd be able to never have to worry about that. I guess that's true. <laughs> I'm making that's little true. amendments to the <laughs> superpower as we go. <laughs> So if that ever uh, yeah. happened and you were stuck in a wall, I'd be like, Todd, did you really fight? I told you. Like, come on, man. I told you right. what was going to happen. I'd be like, no, no, read the read the amendment. No, read the asterisks. I can't teleport into the wall. That's very – actually, that's super interesting, man, because uh, what? who is it in the X-Men that can move through walls? Is that like Kitty Pride oh, or Kitty somebody Pride. like that? Yeah. I always thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, same. Could just like drift through walls and stuff. Certainly get some banking done in a hurry. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Shane, thank you again, man, for, for coming on and, and hanging out with us this, this morning. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. Your, uh, your band's very easy to find on social media. It's just straight up One Bad Son. On, one Bad on Son. Instagram, yeah. Uh, yeah. Facebook, of course, Twitter, the rest of yep. it. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're waiting, I guess, for a TikTok. Are you guys going to be doing any of those crazy TikTok? Well, you know what? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to talk to Kurt because uh, we should get into the TikTok game, but I feel like if you're going to do something, you got to do it right, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, now that now that we're firing back up and we're, we're going to have more video and stuff, there's more reason probably to do it. So I'll, I'll chat to Katie and see if we get in the TikTok game. <laughs> nice. And as far as my stuff, you can find me at, uh, you know, ShaneConnerRevolk.com. And like, yeah, my all of my social media is, is ShaneConnerRevolk, Twitter. Yeah, you can find me everywhere. And... I do, um, I'm taking a little bit of a break from it, but every Monday I do a, a live drawing show called Midnight cool. Drawer. Cool. And actually the art that you saw was from the Midnight Drawer. So I have my, every Monday I do these, the one wow. you saw is in here somewhere. Wow. Um, yeah. So you can check out, uh, Shane Connery Volk on YouTube. There's music stuff there and the Midnight Drawer stuff there as well. If you want to see me just yak and draw. Sounds cool fun, man. <laughs> Sounds fun. Well, say say hi to the rest of the guys, and I guess the the girl as well. Absolutely, will and, do. Uh, we'll see you online, and when you come through Vancouver, let's grab a beer and uh, and have a have a little bit of a hang. Todd, I would absolutely love that, man. Thank you so much for this. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca.